0: This is CPX number 86, Holy Orders, part 2 of 3. This is the Catechism of Pope St. Pius X, CPX, page 105, just question and answer, number 9 through 12. God give you his peace, and omne patris, suffiti, spiritu santi, amen. Heavenly King, Consoler Spirit, Spirit of truth, who art present everywhere and filling all things, treasure of all good and source of all life, come dwell in us, cleanse us, and save us, you who are all good, amen. In nomine patris Filii et spiritus santi. Amen. Number nine, is it a sin to despise priests? Answer, it is a very grave sin because the scorn and insults cast on priests falls upon Jesus Christ himself, who said to his apostles, he who despises you despises me. Number 10, what motive should he have who embraces the ecclesiastical state? Answer, the motive of one who embraces the ecclesiastical state should be the glory of God and the salvation of souls alone. Number 11, what is necessary to enter the ecclesiastical state? Answer, to enter the ecclesiastical state, a divine vocation is necessary before all else. Number 12, what should be done to find out whether God calls us to the ecclesiastical state? Answer, to find out if God calls us to the ecclesiastical state, we should, one, fervently pray the Lord to make known his will to us, Number two, consult our bishop or a learned and prudent director. Number three, diligently examine whether we have the capacity necessary for the studies, the duties, and the obligations of this state. Thus are the words of the Holy Pope. So first today, I would like to review the three gifts of the priesthood that we talked about last time, but I didn't extrapolate those as far as I should have. To teach, sanctify, and govern. Last time I talked mostly about teaching and also why a hermit would be teaching, but I want to talk about the other two today, especially sanctify. I didn't specify quite strongly enough last time that to sanctify means the seven sacraments. Let's look at who can do what. A bishop can effect or witness all seven. That is, a bishop can baptize babies. He can witness marriages. He can offer holy mass, the most important. He can hear confessions. He can anoint the dying and the bishop can confirm candidates and the bishop can ordain new priests. Now a priest can do 5 of those ordinarily, namely, the priest can baptize babies, witness marriages, offer holy mass, the most important, hear confessions, anoint the dying, and extraordinarily with the bishop's permission he can confirm. So the only one of the 7 a priest cannot do absolutely is ordain new priests. What can a layperson do? Well, a lay person can baptize in an emergency, and technically, at least in the Western church, it is the couple who affects, effect with an E, affects the bond of marriage, or rather God affects that bond through their ratification and consummation, and it is the priest or bishop who is the witness of those vows. Of course, in the Eastern Catholic churches, it is the priest or the bishop, and he is seen as the one who affects the bond, but again, in the West, it is the lay people who affect that bond in marriage. So the point is this, that a lay person can do two sacraments, a priest can do six sacraments, and a bishop can do seven sacraments. So we obviously need the priesthood, despite what the German Synod of Bishops recently said. They want to get rid of the priesthood. Okay, now what does it mean to govern? To govern means to guide and rule your diocese as a bishop, or perhaps to rule your parish as a priest, pastor, or to rule your monastery as an abbot or even an abbess. Religious congregations, of course, have servant generals or superiors general who rule the congregation. But the church classically also taught that Christ is king not only of our hearts, but of every state, of every land, of every city, of every country. And therefore, because we traditional Catholics believe in the social reign of Christ the King, we priests are called to, of course, never hold public office, but we are called to have great sway in political decisions, especially ones that have import Uh, towards the direction of salvation of souls. The official magisterium of the Catholic Church, at least again in official documents, has always denied this modernist American notion of religious freedom because that notion of religious freedom is based on rights coming from man. But we all know that religious rights come only from God and God can never give rights to error. Of course, God can allow license for error in his permissive will, which is why we don't believe in forced conversions, even any time in church history. But we do reject this American notion of religious freedom. Why? Because we, we apostolic Catholics confirm the social rights of Christ the King. Why? Because every nation has a right to worship as the Catholic Church has given this worship, and we have no right to other, any other system of error. That's because God does not give freedom for error. And that's one reason people don't like me being online. Sorry to bring this up again. Next time on the Holy Orders, it's not going to have to do with me. It's going to be only dogma. But I do want to mention that's another reason people don't like me being online is they don't know that the church is supposed to have tremendous influence on politics when these politics affect salvation as all of these current matters do. And of course, modernists don't get this because they've never been taught the reign of Christ the King. On the other hand, modernists don't complain when Jimmy Martin shows up at the Democratic National Convention. So that shows that the left always has different standards for me. Okay, let's talk about the catechism today on just number 12 on a man just asking himself or better praying if indeed he is called to the ecclesiastical state or in other words, how does he discern holy orders? Now, of course, a law has changed since Pope St. Pius X wrote this. Not in God's mind, of course, but rather on the state of the planet here that we have to take into consideration and discernment. In fact, I'll I'll go on the record and say all of what the Holy Pope, of course, says is valid, of course. He doesn't need my approval of that, but we do have to add a few things. I'm not going to subtract. I'm going to add a few things. Since the very heresy he warned us about, the heresy of modernism, has filled nearly the whole church. So that's going to bear some warning on young men and Young Men Discerning Church Vocations, Ecclesiastical State Vocations. I wrote a blog post earlier this year called Should a Young Traditionalist Submarine Through Normal Seminary? That's a blog I'm going to link in the show notes. Basically, what I wrote about is this question. Should a young man who's a traditional Catholic attempt to not appear so traditional when he approaches the diocesan bishop and the seminary so he can come out gloriously a traditionalist and we call it submarining because he kind of faked it a little bit in seminary, didn't try to look so extreme. Father Z thinks that such a young man who's a potential seminarian should kind of submarine and, uh, you know, maybe not put all of his cards on the table how traditionally is, so as to maybe infiltrate the infiltration. Father Z is a friend of mine in real life, and I like him. And I even get his strategy, but I personally think the hierarchy is too far gone into modernism to try that. Because the trad guy is just going to get crushed in his priesthood. Kind of like Father Z and I did. (laughs) Oh, and here's the other thing. It's also dishonest. And the bishops would agree with me on that. Ironically, on that point alone, that it's dishonest for a traditional man to pretend he's like, you know, middle of the road just to get ordained. None of the bishops of this country, nor me, want dishonest men in the ranks. And I'm not being sarcastic that the bishops really don't want another me, I've talked to a lot of me's across the country and many different dioceses, and almost inevitably, one of three things happens to them once they're ordained. Either they, one, compromise their own conscience on doctrine and or liturgy, or two, they get sent to the funny farm, or three, they get exiled, suspended, or laicized. And that's not me just being extreme. It's statistically true, and every diocese has one or two guys like me. I got exiled but never suspended or sent to the monkey house, but my enemies in the hierarchy have painted me as crazy even publicly. So, we have to now ask, are things a lot better in the traditional seminaries? Well, I had thought so, but the Ecclesia Day letter to the French bishops really has me worried. It's essentially the 21st century equivalent of like (laughs) 4th century Athanasians begging to be accepted by Arians. And if you think that's too extreme, just ask yourself, Is modernism really the synthesis of all heresies or not? And where has it taken root? Just in, say, Germany? Of course not. It's everywhere. Every diocese in the world. But let's telescope out from this current church crisis and just ask, in the history of 2,000 years, is it wrong to have ambition ambition to be a priest or bishop? Well, let's look at what St. Paul wrote St. Timothy about being a bishop. A faithful saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. That's First Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. So, is he saying a man should aspire to be a bishop? Well, technically, yes, he is. But we have to remember that when St. Paul wrote that, he was not prepping young men in the early Christian community for, say, multi-million dollar rectories or $500 plate pro-life dinners. Ah, yes, isn't it nice to sit around talking about how pro-life we are while a million babies get slaughtered? No, when St. Paul wrote that, he was gearing young men up for martyrdom like St. Timothy, who he wrote that to, and who was martyred for the faith of Jesus Christ. And this lines up perfectly with what Pope St. Pius X wrote today about the only two motivations to approach the holy priesthood. One, the glory of God, and secondly, the salvation of souls. That was verbatim number 10 today, if you remember it. The motive of one who embraces the ecclesiastical state should be the glory of God and the salvation of souls alone. So, if you have any other motivation like ecclesiastical ambition or ladder climbing in mind, you should not be applying to any seminary or religious order because you're probably going to lose your soul. Now, here's the thing. If you have sons listening who have the right motivation for the priesthood, I'm sorry if I scared them off a little bit, and I'm sorry to name these problems without solutions, but I really don't have a solution until most of the hierarchy returns to what the apostles taught. It doesn't even have to be like all of the hierarchy to make things safe for young Orthodox guys again. Just most of the hierarchy has to return to apostolic Catholicism. In fact, maybe we need a full reboot of Rome in every chancery because we, we need priests and bishops not just aiming for what the apostles taught, but even closer to how they lived. In his book a few years ago, Milo Yiannopoulos quoted me on why there were so many abusive priests. Milo was just such a victim himself in his childhood, but I won't go into that since there's kids listening, so I'll speak in code. People can keep listening with their kids. He did write a book called Diabolical about why this is such a systematic or systemic problem in the current priesthood. Here's a screenshot of him quoting me in his book. Now, in that blog that he accurately quoted me in, which I will link in the show notes, my blog there, I will say that, well, we'll just say that flamboyant men are very much attracted to the current easy lifestyle of the priesthood while before in the classic days priesthood was physically not just spiritually but physically a very difficult lifestyle as you all know there is a high correlation between the unnatural priests and predatory priests that's just a statistical fact that over 80 percent of the predatory priests admitted to that you know underlying disorder we'll keep it in code and even the USCCB website once quoted that from a John Jay report, over 80%. Of course, that website is now down off the USCCB, but homiletic and pastoral reviews saved the basics, so I will also link that in my show notes. In any case, God bless Milo in his new conversion of striving for chastity and, amazingly, being able to name that malfunction of the modernist priesthood even before his conversion when he himself was living a alternative lifestyle. Anyway, he had an awesome conversion to Christ and traditional Catholicism. Here's Milo this past week at a traditional Latin Mass parish only 12 miles north of where my mom grew up, by the way. Hint, it's not Colorado. And Milo, if you hear this, we are praying for your perseverance, and I offered Holy Mass for you today. But even if you don't agree with Milo and me on how bad some things are, still we know there's only two reasons to enter the clerical state. There's only two reasons to approach holy orders. That is the glory of God and the salvation of souls. And even though being a religious brother or a religious sister doesn't fit under the title Holy Orders, we know there's only two reasons to approach the religious life, the glory of God and the salvation of souls. Please say an Our Father, for me that I may practice what I preach. At benedictio Dei Mepotentis Patris et Fidi et Spiritu Sancti Santi, Descendet Supervos et Mane Semper. Amen.